This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 107. Today's episode is all about the process of forgiveness. When we're not in a place of emotional health, then we perceive things as somebody did this to me, uh, anger, or I can't believe I did this. And we have all of this negative, a lot of it, unconscious self-talk, which really is just because we don't love ourselves. So we have to always begin with ourselves, when we come from a place of self-love, it's so easy to have everything in our life be different. And I mean everything. When I learned self-love, everything in my life changed. The quality of my relationships, my health, my income, everything has changed in my life, literally because I'm loving, I forgive myself, I love and forgive others, period. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Hi, friends and wild minds. So forgiveness. Forgiveness sucks. (laughs) Okay, totally kidding. But it is really freaking hard. And before you forgive someone, it often feels like it's really going to suck. But I can tell you one thing, holding a grudge sucks way worse. And science shows that being hurt and disappointed can put a huge strain on your health. How is that possible? Well, because it puts you in fight or flight mode, which affects your heart rate, your blood pressure, and even your immune response. So when you hold on to anger, it's like your body thinks you're being chased by a bear, when really you're just giving your ex-best friend the stink eye across your yoga studio because she said that really unsupportive thing about your relationship that one time and you guys haven't talked it out. Well, it turns out it doesn't even matter if it's a simple argument or some deep wound that dates back 20 years. And get this, people who hold on to grudges are more likely to experience severe depression, PTSD, and they're more likely to die of heart disease. Forgiveness, on the other hand, reduces cortisol, it regulates your stress response, it reduces risk of heart attack, and it even helps you sleep at night. I know this because Kaiser has a whole page dedicated to forgiveness. Think about that, a hospital talking about forgiveness. It is that important. But for most people, forgiveness is not just an event. It's a process that requires some soul searching and a whole lot of self-reflection. And it's definitely not always easy, especially at first. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Our guest is Terry Levine. She's the founder of Heartpreneur and a best-selling author, most recently of a book called About to Break, The Path to True Forgiveness. So today, three key things we will learn are how to shift the way you view people to release resentment, why it is not our job to teach anyone a lesson with our reaction, and a process to fully forgive yourself and others. Before we dive in, I want to make sure you know about the morning mind love. It's the easiest way to start each day with a little reminder about how magical you really are. I get messages from people every single day about how the morning mind love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that just came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. You'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided affirmation meditation to align your subconscious with your highest self, and you'll get a really cool booklet of Powerless so you can start getting clear on what you want and what really makes you happy. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. 
Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Terry Levine to the show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Melissa. So to start out, let's get a little background on you and what brought you to a point in your life where forgiveness became your message. Kind of interesting, really. I've been a business consultant for many, many years and on a public persona. I don't think people had any idea what was going on. But what was going on for me is that I was holding grudges literally my whole life. <laughs> and they were building up and building up. It got to the place where I wasn't even speaking to my niece. My sister wasn't speaking to me. And then I got really upset with a very close friend. And I took it out publicly on Facebook, which is something you know you don't do. And I never would have thought I would have done. And I realized I'd crossed the line. And months later, I finally went to him and I was seeking forgiveness, thinking, well, who would forgive someone who did what I did? And he showed me love and forgiveness. And I decided that I was just about broken at the point when I did all of this. And I really needed to find a path to learn how to forgive for myself. You know, what's interesting is I find the more I grow and the more I create this public persona of the host of mind love, the more I feel the dissonance in some of the actions that don't hold up to that. So how was it knowing that you were doing these little things that are, by the way, totally human and something that we all do? I've suffered with the same thing. But how did you get to that point of really wanting to reconcile who you were becoming and these things that you were doing? Well, I felt completely out of integrity. And actually, the reason the book is titled About to Break is I literally felt out of control. I felt like I was about to break, like I was going to fall apart and that I wouldn't even want to show my face in public anymore because of the actions that I had taken. And I thought, okay, I have to be in integrity. I have to be authentic. I have to be transparent. I have to be honest. And I have to really figure out what was causing me to behave this way and get myself in alignment, inner peace and harmony. So during that time that you realized, hey, I'm holding all of these grudges. Why did you realize that that was so negative in your life? How was that affecting you? Well, I was at this point, I always remember this, where I was going to bed one night and I was trying to tell myself as I was going to sleep, I love you, I love you, I love you. Something I learned from Jack Canfield many, many years ago. I couldn't get the words out. I just kept crying. And uh, what was coming up for me was, I don't love you. I hate you. You've done horrible things. You're a horrible person. And when I couldn't get past that is when I realized I had to make a change. I couldn't go on behaving in ways that didn't feel like they were at my core. You know what I realized I've done <laughs> recently in these same things, there's been a number of relationships that have fallen off. And I've noticed that a lot of it's just we're growing in two separate directions. And so this thing that I've done is look at this other person and basically almost look at them with pity. Like, oh, I know you can't really live up to what this thing that I'm holding is or still seeing their mistakes and and calling that forgiveness, you know, when it really it's not when really it's being condescending. So how do you get around behaviors like that where, you know, you feel like, well, this is my version of forgiveness because I've taken the higher path and you just can't get there yet, which I know just really isn't a true form of forgiveness. Well, first, I want to thank you for sharing humanness with me so I feel more comfortable. So here, here's what I would do. If I said that I forgave somebody in my heart, I didn't. And, and my husband used to call me the queen of grudges, not a good title to have. And so I said, I really have to learn how to fully forgive someone like this friend of mine did for me because he held no grudges about it. He literally let it go went back right on being my friend, loving me, and we moved on. And I said, how do I do that? So I had been using Colin Tipping's Radical Forgiveness Worksheets for many, many years, had my clients using them, and I still wasn't really forgiving. I was doing the exercise and going, okay, I forgave the person. Three days later, if I'd see the person or I'd even see them on social media, all those old feelings would come up. So I said, that's not enough. And that's when I sat down and said, what other components must I add to this process? So what is the difference between 
forgiving and forgetting? Do we have to forget in order to forgive? And what should the process of forgiving really look like? This is one of my favorite questions to ask the distinction between the forgive and forget and really forgiveness, which to me are totally different things. So I used to say, oh, I'll forgive and forget. And I didn't forget. And I don't think we really do forget, even if we say forget. What I'm talking about is true forgiveness, where it doesn't matter what has happened. I'm going to give you an example. There's someone who literally ripped off my company 15 years ago. I mean, ripped us off big time. And I ended up being in a courtroom with this person and I had gone through my own forgiveness process very, very deeply. And I sat in the courtroom and she couldn't make eye contact with me. She wouldn't make eye contact with me. She had attorneys protect her from me. So we both wouldn't use the bathroom at the same time. And I was sitting there going, I have absolutely nothing in my heart at all other than forgiveness. I'm going to forgive you and forget. I don't even have anything to forget. I forgive you. You're a human being. You did something not quite right. We all do. I love you. We're all one. Some way we're all connected. I'm you. You're me. I forgive you. And I fully mean that on every level. That's such an important distinction because there has been questions that I've gotten where people are like, well, isn't forgiving and forgetting kind of irresponsible because you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position of basically going through that same thing again with that person. So even if we've released all of our own negative tension around it, is it responsible to completely forget and to basically possibly encounter the same problem again? So in my experience, if I really come from love and I really come from integrity and honesty and transparency, and I'm really, really clear in communication, the things that have happened, quote, to me, um, at me, that I believe, you know, somebody did something to me or whatever, I literally don't see it that way. I see that I have some responsibility in everything, whether it's I wasn't keeping my eyes open, I wasn't speaking the truth, I was putting myself in a bad situation, quote unquote bad. So all I do now, with I can be back in relationships with the very same people, and I just say, I'm approaching it differently. I've grown as a human being. I'm going to be more present, more conscious, more aware, and only come from love. Okay, so say we are holding a grudge about something that we love to let go because those things weigh on us. It affects our life. Holding on to that anger, it's that cliche of it's like holding on to a hot coal yourself. You're the only one that's going to get burned. So where do we start? Because I know how debilitating some of these feelings can be when it's what you're thinking about or you're worried about running into that person and then you see them and your whole body tenses up. How do you start to release that? So, of course, the whole process is is in my book, About to Break, but let me give you some pieces from the book. So the first thing is to really sit down and own it, whatever the feelings are, own it, whether it's you're not forgiving yourself, you're not forgiving a circumstance, another person. You know, in today's economy, people are angry at politicians and they're angry at companies. And, you know, that's all over social media. That's all we see. So the first thing is to say, okay, what am I upset about that I don't feel? I can forgive. And so the first step is just to know what that is, like own it, say, okay, there it is. The second thing is to make a conscious choice that you really want to release it. Because if you don't want to release it, it's not going anywhere. The third thing I do recommend is I do recommend doing some of Colin Tipping's radical forgiveness worksheets. And I I give a link to that right in the book. The other steps after that are, are kind of the proprietary pieces and about to break. But The biggest thing I can tell you, the summary of all of this, is you have to decide you love yourself enough, not other people, not other circumstances. You love yourself enough to literally live your life from a place of peace and harmony and joy. And you will no longer harbor Feelings that don't keep you healthy and happy and forgiving is going to help you achieve more of the feelings that you do want versus the ones you don't want. I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in L.A., 
Then I found aloe moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content, since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher-focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? <laughs> they have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Aloe Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. Alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way Estro Control eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. Estro Control was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. Estro Control is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and Estro Control is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. So let's start at that first one about really owning your own side. So almost every single thing I can find where I was at fault, but I've noticed that that gets easier over time. When I first started doing this kind of inner work, for some <laughs> reason, it was a lot harder to look at my own side and to see where I was really at fault in an argument. Do you have any tips for helping people get to that sooner without doing a couple of years of self-development work? Yes. And I can relate. I can totally relate. So the first thing is to sit down quietly and literally journal. Even if you don't like to write a lot, you don't have to write a lot. I want you to really write all the feelings that you have and be honest and transparent. Set a timer for 60 seconds. Once the timer goes off, keep writing during that whole 60 seconds. Go, 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 go. Do not stop. Once the timer goes off, go back and reread all the feelings and ask yourself, is there more? Set another timer for 60 seconds, another minute, and do the process again. The first thing that we really typically don't do is fully own a situation. So in this situation where I got completely ripped off, you know, I was angry. How could somebody do this to me? I was so good to her. She was getting $25,000 a month. Why would she do this? Blah, 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 blah. When I sat down and I said, okay, own this. I made mistakes all along the journey, all along the journey. And when I began to write them down, it was like, here, 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 here. Well, how could I be bad at her? I'm the one who didn't set up clear communication, transparency, and integrity. And literally about two hours after I started just journaling, I already felt a big release, even before I finished going through the other steps and about to break. Already. I realized I was feeling love, which I had not felt for her. And the other thing is to remind yourself 
We literally are all one. We cannot be separated as much as we like to pretend we're separate beings. We are not. And so just look at another person and say, I am them and they are me. There is a piece of them and a piece of me. And I'm literally watching as they reflect something back to me. Thank you for this great gift. Let me take it in and learn from it. And so that's a good way to approach it that expedites the process. Does that make sense? It definitely does. You know, there was a specific situation I was dealing with, and this was the one I kind of alluded to when I said, what about when it's really difficult? It was kind of hard for me to look at my own side because during the argument, I felt like I was already rising above and trying to say, hey, can we approach this with love? The other person was very biting and still just seemed like they had a lot of anger. And so for me, it was better to release that person. But with that specific person, what kept happening over and over again was that I kept owning up to my side and saying, here's where I went wrong. And the other person would never match it, which made it more difficult every time there was an issue because it was like I was doing all the giving and the other person wasn't giving back. Now, I know in my higher self that shouldn't matter where the forgiveness is really for me to release something that I'm holding on to. But how do you approach someone like that where it's really difficult to drop their ego because it seems like they use that room to walk all over you. Yeah, I get that. So it's really even not about having further interactions with the person. You don't even have to do that. It is about knowing in your own heart, I have forgiven you. I love you. I accept you. I'm at peace with you. You don't need them to be at peace with you. So I'll I'll use an example. And I talk about it a little bit in the book. Um, Several years ago, my sister literally not only stopped speaking to me, but sent me a incredibly hateful text. I mean, it was like, what? And to this day, I I don't really understand it. And it is what it is. I wasn't going to chase after her and said, oh, please, oh, please, you know, let's figure it out. I forgive you. I love you. It's not what I did. I did my own forgiveness process. And then I sent her a text and said, I'm your sister. I'm here. I love you no matter what. I hold no anger or upset. I truly forgive you. And if you ever want me in your life, I'm here. And I literally let it go. Anytime my sisters would come into my my mind, I would think about something, a childhood memory or whatever. I would literally spend five minutes just sending her love, just sending her love, just through the ethos. I love you. I forgive you. And I truly did. I ended up recently seeing her after four years of not speaking and really wasn't sure, you know, how's that going to go down? went down beautifully. We actually sat, we had lunch together. We never talked about the incident. Now we're not going to be best friends going forward. However, I could feel that she knew I didn't hold any anger and I was coming from love. Years ago, that would not have been the case at all. I think there's such a good point in that sending them love because I have noticed with even the most difficult relationships that I've had where I've walked away from that one and thought, man, you nearly ruined my life. I think you might be a sociopath type person. (laughs) And I spend time sending that person love. And without ever having to involve myself with that human again, I feel that it's healing the relationship energetically. And I think there's something to be said about developing new patterns of interaction, even just through visualization by sending someone love over and over again. Is that how you feel that that's working? I know that it's working. I know it for a fact. I know that a couple of people I've had sort of discord with over the last couple of years that I literally just forgave and constantly sent love. Like literally some nights I would just lay in bed, falling asleep, going, I love them. And I would use their names. I love you, Mary. I love you, Pete. I love you. And really meaning it. It's not just saying some words like I used to try to say I love you to myself when I didn't. This was true. I really felt love. And interestingly enough, some of them have reached out to me. Some of them have been in the audience when I was speaking and they came up to me after they hugged me. And I'm like, I know that by doing this, I'm creating more healing, not just for them, but truly for the world that we live in, where we need a lot more love. You know how sometimes when you have a difficult relationship with somebody and you start to almost view them as this caricature of a terrible person. (laughs) And then it starts to become really difficult to find 
that love within yourself to send to them? How do you get from point A to point B of being still so angry or developing this basically like inhuman character of like a bad (laughs) villain, evil villain in your life to authentically sending them love and not feeling like you're faking it? So the first thing is I'm kind of chuckling because I used to really categorize people as good, bad, evil, um, difficult, easy. And I just don't have those characterizations anymore. Through my process, I literally release characterizations. I just see every single person as a human being on the planet doing the best they can do. And they're connected and related to me in some way, shape or form, because I really, really do believe we are all one. So I no longer categorize them. First of all, if I'm in a relationship with someone that doesn't flow the way I would prefer it to flow, I either can stay in the relationship or I can send them more love, peace and harmony, or I can look at my own behaviors and say, what's happening here? And then the other question I ask is, so what's the gift in this? So this is happening for me in some way, shape or form. Wow. How cool is this? This person appears to be quote difficult end quote. Um, I know no one is difficult. So what's happening in this relationship? How is it for me? And I literally just start looking at myself. I take 100% responsibility versus reactivity, which was my old pattern. A point of view that I love that has resonated with me since I read the book, Rhonda Byrne, I can't remember if it's the power or the secret, but she calls difficult people your personal emotional trainers. And she says, (laughs) pet, very, very seriously. (laughs) She says, I look at them as a personal emotional trainer, pet. (laughs) And then she just like moves on, like calling somebody your pet is totally normal. But there's something that really deeply resonated because you're right. It's not that somebody's just walking around being a difficult person or maybe a little bit, but (laughs) that's not really how it works. We're all human. We're all equal. We're just dealing with our own stuff. And certain people cause more friction with other people or rub certain people the wrong way. It's personality conflicts. And so I love that viewpoint because it is looking at them like, okay, thank you for training me in this area or for reflecting back towards me an area that I still have a difficult time sending free-flowing love to. So that kind of reminds me of the same thing. I love that you shared that. I had forgotten about that. I thought that was such a creative way of of terming it. I really relate to that and I agree with that. So when, you know, anything shows up or a person shows up that's not in my language quite right yet, it's like, oh, that doesn't feel quite right. I literally start looking, how is this for me? Why did I attract this person? How interesting is this? What can I learn? What can I learn? And I get excited about it. I'll share something a little personal. May I? Of course. Okay. Thanks, Melissa. I was talking to um, a person who has been involved in my life for almost 16 years, knows me really, really closely. And uh, I also know his wife and she doesn't know me as intimately. She knows me a bit. And he said to me one day, he said, you know, this is so weird. He goes, I think you are the easiest person on the planet to get along with. Like, I love being around you. It's always so joyful joyful and easy. And the other day, my wife said to me, Oh, she's so difficult. How do you (laughs) function with her? And I thought, now see, that's interesting. I thought that is a great lesson. How I'm perceived is how I'm perceived. I'm just doing what I'm doing, coming from as much love, authenticity, transparency as I possibly can. Some people are going to dig me and think I'm easy. Some people aren't, and that's not my responsibility. As long as I'm in alignment and I say, am I being the best version of Terry that I can be in each moment? That's beautiful. Uh, Recently, I've realized that too, where there's the quote, something about, I realize I'm not for everybody. Uh, But really when you're being authentically you is when a lot of those fears really start to dissipate at least I've noticed in my life before when I was constantly figuring out who I was based on acceptance of the people around me or what was 
acceptable behavior or life path or career, of course, you're worried about it from all angles because that's where your focus is. But instead, when you shift that to be, how can I show up as truly me as possible, then it doesn't hurt as much because you know that you are glowing your light and you're going to attract the people that fit in perfectly with that. But if you're constantly figuring out how you can fit in with everybody outside of you, then you're going to feel it when there's a dissonance. Yeah, I, I, that's a really great point. Like, it didn't phase me that she thought that. I chuckled, and, and so did he. I mean, we both had a chuckle, and I said, perception is everything. And when I saw her, which was just uh, two weekends ago, I said, is there anything in our communication or relationship that would make it easier for you and me to communicate and for me and you to have our relationship go smoother. And, you know, of course the first reaction is like, Oh no, no, no. And I said, I'm really asking because I care. If I didn't care, I'd allow the relationship to be in the way it is. My sense is that the relationship could be smoother and better. And I take responsibility for that. So I also look for feedback. If I know in my heart, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do to be the authentic person. And yet there's something not quite right in a relationship I care about. I will transparently and authentically communicate. And basically about an hour and a half later, she came back to me and she said, I know what it is. It's a tone that you have when you send texts. When I speak to you, never. When you send me texts, I get a tone. And I said, awesome. I'll either look at my text more carefully or I'll use video or audio and not texting with you. And that's what we started doing. And it's changed the relationship dramatically. It's so interesting how there can be just this one thing based on each relationship and you want to break through the barrier and it is difficult with text messages. That is what I found in that one friendship that I'm thinking about that I keep bringing up was even in the argument started via text. And what I did was I sent a voice message and I was just like, hey, I don't know if you can hear my tone. And so doing those things to rehumanize each other is so important in this digital world because we're all on the other side of our screens just typing whatever. And there seems to be less of a filter because we don't have that empathetic humanness. We're not automatically absorbing that other person's emotions as does in person or even when you have the inflection of the tone. So that's such a good point. So how long did it take from realizing that to switching the behavior that you started to feel the relationship shift? That's a really great idea. So this all happened um, just right under two weeks ago. And about three days later, I did need to text her for something. And I sent her a video instead. I use an app called Marco Polo. And so I sent her a little video on Marco Polo. She responded back to me. And then two days later, she actually sent me a Marco Polo that I responded back to. And I asked the question after those two video exchanges. And I said, is this working better for you? And do you find me less, quote, difficult, end quote? And she said, I find you now the way I think my husband has always found you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that made my day. And it was me shifting my behavior and saying, where's my responsibility? How is she showing up to reflect this for me? Because I bet you there's other people who feel that way with my text who I don't know feel that way. So, wow, am I grateful that I know this about her because now I can change for other people as well. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. 
Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. So how do you know when is the right time to shift your own behavior like you did and when it is to just let go of that relationship? So the first thing I always do is shift my behavior. Even if I feel, well, you know, maybe this isn't the best relationship. First, I look at me, just me. It's all about me, full 100% responsibility. How is this for me? What have I been doing? Let me get honest. What have I been saying? How have I been feeling? Let me be 100% in their shoes looking at myself. So that's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is I ask myself, how important is this relationship for me? How much do I really want to continue? And is it worth me putting time, energy into and coming from a place of love, communication and understanding? Or does it feel like, wow, this showed up. This is amazing. Great information. Great lessons. Thank you. I bless you. I'm grateful to you. I truly love and forgive you. And then without even having to say anything, just move on. So what if it's not just a simple argument and it's more like a deep betrayal? Is there a point where you're like, this is the line for me and this is where this relationship can't go further? I don't have any lines at all. I used to. That was my grudge thing. If you do this, I'm going to be angry at you forever. I'll cut you out of my life. I'll never forgive you. If you do this, I'll forget you. No more. It's like, look, somebody is living their life and they tread on something that typically is like, oh, that's a boundary of mine. I look and say, okay, how did I leave that boundary open? Did I not communicate the boundary? What did I do to to bring this about? I don't hold anything, quote, against the person. I literally just take it on as myself, and I let the anger and emotion and all the feeling go, send love, and then I ask myself, you know, how important is the relationship, Terry? Do you want to 
figure it out and fix it from love or is it not worth your time? So let me go back. The guy that I wronged, quote, (laughs) was I really wrong. I went all over Facebook and I have a pretty massive following, told everybody to avoid him, told personal things about him, went into his own client group that I was an administrator of, told them all to stop working with him. I mean, I did wrong, if you want to talk about wrong. And when I finally went to him and said, I can't even believe what I did. Like, I don't even know. And I I would like to say, I'm sorry. And I understand that you won't forgive me. And instead, he said, let's get on. At that time, it was a Google Hangout. We weren't using Zoom. And let's look at each other and see if we can fix this. And we got on. And I think around three and a half hours, probably 80% of it was me crying. The other 20 was him crying. And literally, he said, I forgive you. Can I give you one other example that might be helpful for the listeners? Yes. I know that I've gotten so many people reaching out about how difficult it is to forgive. So all the examples you want to give are great. All right. So here's another one. I'm a board member of a particular organization. And coincidentally, my husband sits on the same board. It's, it's rare that we are both on the same board. We both sit in this particular board. And so my husband and I were kind of opposed to something that the board was doing and half the board agreed with us and the other half of the board disagreed with us. So each person was given about 30 seconds to give their position. So I gave my position and a person on the board who's a very close friend of mine, he's been a friend of mine for like 12 years. He stood up red faced as could be. Um, He called me words that, you know, I won't repeat that were just horrific. And then he said, the only reason you're on this board is because your husband's here. And my typical reaction, yeah, would have been to stand up and say, you know, go F yourself and walk out of the room and never talk to him again. That would have been the way I did things prior to discovering my own forgiveness process. Instead, I sat there and I kept smiling at him because I really kept feeling he's lost his ability to control his anger and upset. He wants this thing for the board to do so much. It's so personal to him and so much meaning. I'm sitting in his shoes and feeling how much this means to him. And I know he's not really directing this at me. He's really directing this just because he's upset. About a second later, he sat back down. The next person was going to speak. He texted my phone. I'm sitting across the table from him, okay? He texted my phone. He said, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. I'm so sorry. I know you'll never forgive me, whatever. And the meeting ends, and I walk right up to him. I take his hands. I look in his eyes and say, I forgive you. He goes, no, really? I go, listen to me. I forgive you. He goes, no one could. I forgive you. Three days later, he called me and said, I'm basically suicidal over what I did to you. It was horrible. I said, you need to hear my words. I'm being a million percent honest with you. I forgive you. I am not upset at all. Did I seem upset? I'm not upset. And I wouldn't say I forgive you if I didn't. I do. You lost your temper. You took it out on me. I know that you love me and don't feel that way. And I'm not going to lose our friendship or relationship over this. So no, there's not a hard boundary for me ever. That's such an important story for a couple of reasons. First, it's so important to remember that so many of our reactions are chemical reactions. And so there are times when I've lost my shit and I've literally (laughs) been like, how did I do that? How humiliating. And it can be so discouraging, especially as you are growing a lot more. I spend a lot of time on self-development. And so sometimes I'll have a moment like that that I wonder, am I even improving? Oh my gosh, am I just faking every area of my life if I can't hold that together? So to give somebody the empathy and the awareness that some of these crazy reactions are just a chemical reaction within us that needs to be observed as our own humanness is so important. And the other side of that is it also goes back to forgiving ourselves. And that's what it sounded like he needed to do. The forgiveness was received on your end. And so he had to just internally accept his own humanness and forgive himself and move on as well. So is the process of forgiveness of yourself the same as the process of forgiving of other people? Great question. Yes, it is. So when I developed this process for myself, I literally had to forgive myself first because I was about to break. I was literally losing it. I mean, I thought, 
can't work anymore. I can't show my face in public. I'm a horrible person. I hate myself. And so I said, okay, self-love is where it starts. If you love yourself, you can love other people. If you forgive yourself, you can forgive other people. So I first developed the process to forgive myself. And then out of curiosity, I thought, I wonder if it works to forgive other people the same way. And as I experimented with it, it was clear that it worked for me. Now, I still wasn't sure, is this going to work for other people? So I took a group of 100 clients, family, and friends, and I said, are you angry at yourself or anything? Or is there any person you haven't forgiven? And pretty much I got, yes. (laughs) So I took them through the process, and every single person said at the end, I can't believe how much more I love myself. I have forgiven myself. I can't believe that I'm actually able to forgive this other person. It wouldn't even matter if they walked in the room. I probably would hug them and say, I love you. And I would mean it. And I knew that the process worked. And at 100%, it has to start with self-forgiveness. Why is it that loving yourself more has such a profound effect on your ability to forgive? When we love ourselves, we come from a place where we are feeling emotionally healthy. When we're not in a place of emotional health, then we perceive things as somebody did this to me, uh, anger, or I can't believe I did this. And we have all of this negative, a lot of it, unconscious self-talk, which really is just because we don't love ourselves. In fact, we might even be the opposite where I was. I hated myself. It wasn't just don't love myself. I actually hated myself. There are times I thought, why am I even on the planet? Nobody should ever talk to me. I'm a horrible person. So we have to always begin with ourselves. When we come from a place of self-love, it's so easy to have everything in our life be different. And I mean everything. When I learned self-love, everything in my life changed. The quality of my relationships, my health, my income, everything has changed in my life Literally, because I'm loving, I forgive myself, I love and forgive others, period. Same for me. I went back through my whole life and my mom was telling me, has been telling me for years, you should write a book because I've just gone through so many different traumas that I've needed to come out the other side. But for me, for a really long time, looking back at it all, I couldn't see the through line until I signed up for a very intense program on public speaking. And so I had to develop a keynote speech, which is a lot of processing, I'm sure, as you know, as a writer of multiple books. It's like you know a general idea, but when you actually have to compile it in a way that other people can absorb, where everything goes together, you start to realize the gaps in your own processes and your own life. And so what I found through that The topic changed a bunch of times while I was just processing my life. And what it all ended up coming down to was self-love. And so my message is that the way you experience yourself determines the way you experience the world. And so if you're walking around like something is wrong with you the whole time and you're holding that shame, then it's going to be very easy to see things wrong in everybody around you and in all of your circumstances. So you have to heal that relationship with yourself before your relationship with everything else starts to heal. So I love that you came to the same conclusion because it just shows that it's such a universal truth. It is. And and you stated it so beautifully. Like, I don't see the world the way I used to. I don't see people as broken or difficult, or I don't see struggle. I don't see challenge. You know, whatever goes on, whether it be, you know, politics or business or whatever it is, it doesn't really affect me in any way, shape or form. Like somebody posted something on Facebook yesterday about everyone should watch this movie. It's about the wrongness of this and that. And I thought, how funny is that? Like there is no wrongness. Everything is just perfect. Whatever's happening is happening for me. And because I come from a place of loving myself, I don't get involved in this stuff. I don't take anything personally. I don't think anyone is quote against me. Um, I just don't perceive things the way I used to. And I can tell you the word that I use is every day I feel bliss. Bliss. Oh, I love that because it's not just accepting things for what it is. It's finding the bliss. How can you absolutely love everything going on? And how can you really trust that it is for your highest good rather than, you know, just something that you're 
some psychological tool that you're using to get out the other side. I know there was a really big transition for me there where I was just going through the steps that I was learning in self-development and I wasn't fully owning it as the higher power or the truth of what is. And so I like that it still goes back to owning your own side of it, no matter what it is, because when you really take responsibility for everything going on, then you can't really shift the blame to another person. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it, 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 it doesn't matter what somebody does or what somebody says. It's not at me. Nobody is doing anything at me. And we tend to take things in our society, especially right now, like really personal. Oh, somebody said such and such. And, and that was a, you know, a dig at me or a comment at me. It's like, nothing is at you. <laughs> and, and we just have to, we have to really understand that. And, and when you're in a place where you're accepting and you're forgiving and you feel really good about yourself, you don't perceive these quote unquote attacks that everyone talks about. I don't feel like anyone is ever attacking me. Even if somebody says something on my Facebook page and says, well, I disagree with that. You know, that's a stupid comment, whatever. I go, how beautiful is that? They have a right and opinion to disagree with me. Perfect. I don't take it personally at all. I love myself too much to let anybody else's opinion matter. Don Miguel Ruiz puts it in a really beautiful way about how you know, nothing is ever personal. That's his, I think, second law in the four agreements. And he visualizes it in a way of you can go down a line of people poking everyone on the shoulder. And the one who jumps back is because they already had a wound there. And so I use that in reverse, where if I find myself getting worked up or getting really aggravated over something that somebody did, then thank you, because you just pointed me out, you pointed it out to me, a wound that I have not yet healed. And so that still goes back to my own inner work instead of placing the blame. And then you can show them gratitude. Oh, I love what you just said. And it is, it's truly about doing the inner work. And that's, that's truly what the, you know, it's funny. That's truly why I wrote the book. So, you know, I discovered the whole process that worked on a hundred people It changed my life. And one of my clients kept saying, you have to write this in a book because people need this. And the word she kept using was inner work. People need this inner work. And I realized that there wasn't a process universally that people could find as this inner work. They could find processes to be more spiritual, to be more loving, to be more kind. However, most people in my experience still had some of this lack of forgiveness for themselves and for others. And that's the inner work that to me is so critical and so important. Yeah, I recently surveyed the whole Mind Love audience. And the biggest thing that people have trouble with is not absorbing other people's negative energy and not being affected by other people. And when I was really asking more questions around that, so much of it comes back to just releasing the tension that you're holding on to yourself over some interaction with another person. And it's so funny how we do tend to think like, oh, this person's doing this or this person's doing that specifically at me. And we're living in a time where everyone is extra sensitive. And I think part of that is because we have more access to people than we ever have. So we have more access to other people's opinions. And if we're seeking out the things to be offended by, you can find absolutely <laughs> every point of view on the internet. <laughs> and so if you're not able to release that and see your own side and see what you need to work on, you're going to be agitated the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. So in order to have anything happen in your life, my experience is it takes you working on you. Take the time to do the inner work because the outer benefits are huge. Like I said, for the hundred people I took through the program before it was written into a book format, people had more self-love. They had more ease. They had more joy. They weren't being affected by the people around them. They weren't being subjected to their, quote, negative influences. People made more money. They had better relationships. I could go on and on. And it's because they did the inner work. And to me, that is where it begins. So last question, because I know that Sometimes it can be harder when relationships are really close and sometimes it can be easier. And what I found is that with people that are living 
with us the whole time, like maybe in a marriage or if you still live with your parents or whatever it might be. Sometimes people feel like, well, I have to react in this way so that person learns their lesson and doesn't treat me this way anymore. (laughs) So why is that not the best way to handle a forgiveness interaction? Well, first of all, I don't think that any of us were put here on the planet and told, go forth and give other people lessons. I don't think that's our job. I really don't. I think our job and responsibility on the planet is be the best, kindest, most loving version of you and simply be that. It's not our responsibility to teach anybody a lesson, whether it's a parent, whether it's even a kid, whether it's your spouse, your partner. We're not here to teach people lessons. They're here to live their life the best way that they know how. We're here to live our life the best way. The best lesson you can be for somebody is be authentically you. Come from love, be forgiving, be kind, be gentle, be generous, and be authentically you period. It's not up to you to give anyone lessons. They're not asking you for lessons unless they hired you and paid you and said, I want to buy from you. Give me this lesson in X, Y, Z. That's what I believe. That's amazing because I feel the same way, especially because people don't tend to change their behavior based on a lecture or based on somebody else being condescending and putting them down. They are more likely to follow the example of somebody who's shining their light. So instead of saying, hey, I have to react this way in order for you to change, or I need to be passive aggressive or to give you the silent treatment so that you don't treat me like this anymore. If you reflect back to them what unconditional love is and what really accepting another person for their flaws and allowing their humanness, that's going to be the thing that's going to lead the example to basically leave the shoes for them to step into so much more than the other way around. But I know it's hard to do, and sometimes it involves dropping your ego, but I tend to view it more as, what is your ego really? And To trade your ego for your highest self is such a freeing thing to do. Just remember, as Paul Selig calls it, one of my favorite authors, he calls the ego the small self. And something about just the visual of the small self versus the higher self is enough for me to motivate me to step into the higher self's shoes for a moment. So thank you so much for those lessons. And for listeners who want to dive more into the forgiveness process, who might be having a hard time doing it on their own, where's the best place to connect with you online? Um, So a couple of places, they can go to my website, which is heartrepreneur.com. Another place that is really helpful, it's a super short webinar. It's at shortest webinar.com. And that webinar will really give them some very quick information about me. And then of course, we also have a link where they can grab the book. All of the links mentioned in this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 107. And included in those links will be the Colin Tippins Radical Forgiveness Worksheets and Terry's webinar and her book. So today I'd like for you to think about what have you been holding on to? Is it something somebody else did or is it something that you did? And how can you start to release that? I know this is a process. It's not some single event where you can just let it go. But you know what? One day we'll get there. The more you get used to not holding on to things, the easier it will be to let things go. And instead of having to work through such a tedious process, it'll be your default. So the exercise that helps me the most to really shift that energy to even get to a place where I can start to think about forgiving someone is to first send them love. And yeah, at first it does feel fake. A lot of powerful changes feel fake at first because we're having to consciously go through the motions and it doesn't really feel like a part of us yet. But when you start to shift into love energy and really focus on love, even if what you have to do is take the specifics out about that given person and instead just picture a silhouette that you're first sending love to and then start bringing those details into focus, it can really help to shift the energy that you have between yourself and that person. So I challenge you to do that. Start doing whatever you can to focus on the love that you have between you and that person. Maybe first only focus on the good times that you had with them. Or maybe, again, blank slate it and just start sending love. Whatever you can do to start drumming up that love energy within yourself, 
before you start journaling on how to release some of these things. And first, take ownership. Take ownership of your own side because when you do that, it takes away the facade that we often build where the other person is the only person to blame. Even if you know the other person was way more at fault than you, there's always something that you can find to own up to or a small lesson in your own personal growth. And keep in mind, this doesn't mean you have to go be best friends with that person. The right next step for you might be to totally release that person in general. But when you release them, you should also release the anger. Because holding on to it doesn't hurt anybody but yourself. If you resonated with this episode, take a screenshot and share it on social media. Tag Mind Love Melissa and Mind Love Podcast. And if you know someone that needs to hear this episode, send it to them. Sometimes it's easier to see some of the things we're holding on to from an outside perspective, so it might be a move that changes somebody's life. It's the holiday season. Stresses are already up. People are meeting with family members they haven't seen since last year around this time. And you know, there might still be some resentments from 2018. (laughs) So now is a really good time to share the message of forgiveness. Because at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, none of this shit really matters. The only thing that matters is love and connection and how we choose to show up for ourselves and each other. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 